This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Coach, our adaptive sales coaching featuring five-minute quick coaching personalized to each sales rep. Learn more about Sales Fuel Coach at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast. I am Audrey Strong. I am the Vice President of Communications here at Sales Fuel, and we're so glad that you've joined us. And I'm Celie Smith, the President and CEO of Sales Fuel. And our guest today is Gerhard Schwandert. He is the founder and publisher of Selling Power Magazine, owns the Sales 3.0 Conference, and is the creator of the Peak Performance Mindset Training Program. Gerhard, you're a longtime friend of us here at Sales Fuel, and we're so glad we got to get some of your time today. Thanks for coming. Thank you. It's a pleasure and honor to be with you today. And likewise, Gerard, because Selling Power Magazine, for those who are not in the sales business, uh, but managers of a different type, uh, Selling Power is essentially the Bible of the sales industry. It is the go-to uh, publication then for anybody that's in sales or in sales management. So, uh, Gerard, you've seen a lot come and go, a lot of trends come and go, and uh, you know, a lot of different people come and go. Yeah, before I get into the, the question I really wanted to ask you, uh, I'm just really curious, is like, you know, who's some of the most memorable people you've interviewed for the magazine over the course of the years? Well, I think one of the most memorable experiences I ever had was with Malcolm Forbes. I thought I would never get to Malcolm Forbes because he's such a rich guy and he had a big yacht and uh, a huge magazine and... Uh, a great reputation in the industry and I sent him a letter at the time there were there was no email and uh, I sent it out on a Friday and on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock I got a call and my assistant said Malcolm Forbes is on the line and I thought it was a joke I um, would too. Huh? <laughs> and I said this is Gerhard and he said this is Malcolm Forbes I got a very nice letter from you and uh you wanted to do an interview and uh and i said yeah uh, when could we do it and he says how about now and i immediately plugged in my tape recorder and we went on for about 45 minutes it was the kindest uh, guy great answers great insights and then we published it as a cover story in selling power magazine and a month later i saw word for word the same cover story in forbes magazine oh wow that's amazing. Uh, also, did you have any idea when you interviewed Donald Trump that he someday might be president of the United States? <laughs> well, that, that's another story. I, I thought, you know, after reading The Art of the Deal, which is a really insightful book about him and his dealings and his upbringing and his relationship with his dad and how he, um, uh, you know, punched a teacher where he thought in school that the teacher didn't know anything about teaching and uh and then he went went to military school so he, he got a, a he had a fairly difficult upbringing and uh he was very very successful and i was intrigued by uh three things uh, the art of negotiation secondly how does it feel to uh, you know grow up in a family where uh, he had a big shadow from from his dad and and, and t stepping out of that shadow is an interesting, uh, you know, psychological self-development where you have to assert yourself at one point. 
And, and third, I wanted to know his secrets to selling and success. And uh, he was very generous with his time and he shared a lot of great information. And one of the things that sticks in my mind was that I asked him, what does it take to be successful? And he says, you really need two things. You, you need to have a lot of great ideas and you need to be a good implementer. And he says, uh, you know, when you look at uh, a lot of people, they have wonderful ideas, but they couldn't implement an idea if their life depended on them. And there are a lot of uh, implementers that are excellent with execution and project management, but they could not come up with uh, one great idea. And then he says, fortunately, I'm both. I'm a good idea man. I'm also a good implementer. And I'm very modest. Yeah, <laughs> I thought, should I make a comment or not? And I thought, what do I, ha what do I have to lose? I said, Mr. Trump, you're forgetting something. And he says, what? I said, you're also very modest. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. I can't believe, <laughs> I can't believe I said it either, but I did. And uh, he chuckled immediately. You know, he was, he was in a good mood. And, and hang uh, up on you. <laughs> no, no, no. It was face to face. I was. Um, oh, okay. Office. Yeah. Yeah. And, you got the, uh, the interview on cassette tape, don't you? I do have that interview on cassette tape. Yeah. And uh, I also have a letter with him, from him that uh, he thanked me because I I gave uh, him a present for Eric. Um, there was a Kodak underwater camera, and uh, and I said. You know, I wanted to bring this for, for your son. Um, and he uh, thanked me for the, you know, for the present, was very gracious about it. And uh, he says, I can't wait to see that piece on me. And then we sent it to him. And he actually autographed a copy of Selling Power. And I had no idea that this guy will be president of the United States. And now he is. You know, one of the things that, you know, that I'm not hearing when we're talking about Malcolm Forbes or even Donald Trump is that we're not talking about, you know, uh, I mean, we, we, you talked a little bit about some of his skill set, you know, about, you know, that he's a good idea man and an executor of ideas, um, you know, and we did, we're not talking about, well, he really knows how, you know, how to, you know, get the most out of a Salesforce report, you know, to identify, you know, who his, who his donors are going to be or anything like that. So we're not talking really about, you know, the skills, what computer systems he can use or anything like that. We're not talking really a lot about his resume and stuff like that. You know, and actually kind of think of it, it's like, it seems like when we're hiring salespeople and we're looking at those two things and we're really overlooking the most important thing, don't you think? Well, what do you think that we should be looking at when we hire salespeople? Because that's the $64,000 question. What talent do we need in order to become a, uh, a world-class company? And uh, I think that uh, customers have something all in common. They, ha they hate to buy. They don't like to buy. They don't like to make the wrong, uh, the wrong decision. So we really need to look at the fourth sets of skills. One is, um, is there, are they good with transactions? Are they good with relationships? Are they good with uh, creating value and uh, be the trusted advisor? And they're good in partnering with a customer organization. And most companies that I see have sales level that only reach the second level and not level four. 
I was going to answer coachability because you said the number one problem and mistake that managers and leaders make is that they make the hire and then they assume that the, okay, that person's the right person and I don't need to make them a lifelong learner or coach them. Yeah. And I think it also gets um, hand in hand with the mindset, uh, you know, is the sales manager, does the sales manager have a, a mindset of where they say that I am the, uh, the resource developer for the mindset of the salesperson. How can I guide the, the mindset? Because if a salesperson is hired and shows, you know, that from the assessment that they have good potential, now they have a roadmap for developing the, their potential and they owe it to themselves and to the salesperson to develop the best version of what the salesperson can be in the future. And that's a never ending job because we all, can grow at any age in any situation and adapt to any economy. And that's the sales manager's job. And this applies really to all managers and all employees. It's not, I think, not just the mindset of the manager, but also the mindset of the employee that you hire that really dictates their success or failure. We talk a lot about, you know, do they believe in themselves? Do they believe in the product line? Do they believe in the company and so forth? Uh, you know, without that and without a good positive mindset that allows them to be resilient and pick themselves up off the mat, you know, whenever they've had adversity handed to them, that's really, I think, what separates a lot of people who have the same skill sets, the same, you know, they, they use the same kind of tools and everything like that. Yeah, and, and to me, sales success is all about having the right mindset, the right skill set, and the right tool set. And uh, you hinted, uh, you know, earlier that there has to be some motivation on the part of the salesperson that they assault themselves. And Zig Ziglar once said that the word enthusiasm ends with four letters, I-A-S-M, which stands for I am sold myself. Hmm. So what, what, how do you, you call it peak performance mindset training program, but what is right. the definition of peak performance? How do you quantify that? Well, I want people to think of themselves as um, that they, they have not only neuroplasticity in their brain, but also they have the ability to create the best version of who they are. And, and that is the, what Carol Dweck describes as the growth mindset, where they can continue to grow, whereas other people say, well, I have limitations, I'm born with those limitations, and I cannot go past that mental barrier. And they repeat their lives over and over, and they become more and more entrenched, and they become more and more obsolete as time goes on. Whereas other people who have a mindset that's a growth mindset, they adapt to new situations, and they learn new things, and they're curious, and they're try to become better and better as uh, time goes on, where they leverage all their experiences, where they're, you know, they're, they're, in my view, there are really three levels. There's the implanted mindset, the imprinted mindset, and the inspired mindset. The implanted mindset is what we get from our parents. What did we learn from our moms and dads or caretakers that uh, defines us? Because in the beginning, people define us and that tell us who we are. And we have no idea that uh, we have a hand in the, cell, in, the, in the development as we grow up. So the implanted mindset is like a garden where there are flowers and where there are weeds. There are good experiences and the bad experiences. 
and we want to continue to water the flowers and we want to stop watering the weeds and remove the rocks, the traumas that some people experience in the development of their lives. The next level is the imprinted mindset, which is when we get exposed to people that impress us, like Donald Trump impressed us, or uh, uh, Malcolm Forbes, or uh, Mary Kay Ash, and uh, Zig Ziglar, and all those people uh, left an impression on me, and I selectively pulled out certain things that I needed for my own personal growth to get to the next level. So I learned from a lot of people, and a lot of people learned from professors, from mentors, from friends, from, uh, um, from heroes from, uh, in sports or in, in, in business or in entertainment. And they want to become that person or integrate parts of that personality into their personality to grow. And we have an unlimited amount of uh, mentors out there uh, to get to the next level. And then there is what I call the inspired mindset. Uh, Mary Kay Ash, um, uh, I interviewed her for a cover story a long time ago, and she says, everybody is born with an instrument, and uh, we need to know what it is, and we need to learn how to play it. And a lot of people die with their music still unplayed. Uh, Bill McDermott, the CEO of uh, SAP, he said, everybody has inner magic. And it takes one to know one. So if you recognize it in you, you're going to recognize it in other people and help them develop that inner magic so they become the inner champion. And a lot of people, by default, they have in their mindset the inner critic, which is maybe the critical parent, or uh, they have never learned how to think positive. So we teach people in that mindset course how to transform that inner critic into an inner champion. I like to say that every day, you know, we're, we're writing a story about ourselves and in that story, you're either the victim, the hero or the villain. And so what about the people who play the role of the victim and have a, that victim mentality and everything like that? How do we get them out of that mind? mode of thinking and, and, and to a mode of thinking that where they can perform at a much higher level? Well, there's one exercise we do. It's the six stories. Uh, we want people to think about the past, the present, and the future. Three time frames that are separate, and yet they're all together. Um, we want people to write a negative story about their past, a positive story about their past, a negative story about the present, a negative story uh, a positive story about the present, a negative about the future, and a positive about the future. And then all of a sudden they see in the, those six stories that what the, that the negative thinking from their past actually infiltrates the, the, the fantasies of the future and the present moment. So what, I want people to realize that all we have is the present moment and the present is precious because we are alive. We are filled with possibilities. And we want to focus in an uncontaminated way on the things that we want to accomplish. And we want to be free to do anything we want to do to help other people and to uh, help ourselves. So once people uh, become aware that their narrative 
determines their destiny, then you can shift from that victim mentality to the author of your own narrative, which is that you design your own destiny through the writing of the narrative. I love that. Life is what happens when you're making other plans. All we have is today. So be the best right. version of yourself today is what you're saying, right? Right. But that means that you want to visit the past and edit the past uh, because we can all edit the past at any time. Uh, what happens when, uh, let's say, you had a, a traumatic childhood and your mom never approved of you and you became a perfectionist in the process, um, which is uh, being too hard on you. And uh, you can go back and, and uh, look at that situation from the past. And you had one narrative that was sort of automatic, but by writing the story down and then reappraising it from the adult perspective, then you see that this is something that you can let go. So you can let go of the past and then you take some positive stories and let's say you had a great, wonderful relationship with your grandmother that influenced some of the positive and helped you develop some of the positive qualities that you have. So you enhance those and then you move forward. You let go of the perfectionism or whatever it is and become a more wonderful version of yourself. Gerhard, what got you interested in sales? Um, I think there's magic in sales. I, I remember uh, very vividly, I was sitting in a cafe in Austria with my friends and uh, I was going uh, to college in night school and I was very curious and talked to a lot of people and there was this salesman with uh, a big wad of cash. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, how is this well-dressed man with so much cash, you know, how is he uh, making a living? And we ask, uh, I asked him, what do you do? And he, the way he talked, the way he, he almost performed um, was so impressive to me where I thought, this is the epitome of success because he said something that I'll never forget. He says, I'm not an ordinary salesman. I decided a long time ago, I let the customer do the walking. I have the customers come to me. And I said, how do you do that? And he says, well, I rent a hotel room and I have my washing machines and my dryers and my, you know, uh, my equipment uh, all laid out and I invite um, housewives and, and, and their husbands for a little tea, uh, you know, uh, like high tea ceremony or whatever and, and, and they relax and then I show them the, how those machines work and then I give them a payment plan. <laughs> a lot of us who've been in the, in the industry for a while, you know, uh, are really, we find it remarkable how the sales business has changed more within the last 10 years than it has in the prior 20, 30, some would even say 50 years. Is, is that your take? And if so, what are the, some of the changes that are most uh, notable uh, that we've seen in the last 10 years? Lee, it's not just selling. Everything changes. Every single profession changes because of technology. So we are... In, in an era where we see so many amazing advances and we got to marry this up with human ingenuity and adaptability. Sellingpower.com is the website. Gerhard20 is his Twitter. Do you want to tell us about San Francisco for 2019? Awesome. Yeah, we have an exciting conference coming up uh, 
We run three conferences a year. Um, next year will be in April 1st and 2nd in San Francisco with about 450 sales leaders attending with amazing speakers that will share their wisdom on how to improve their sales organizations. We have many um, sales leaders that um, email us afterwards and say that it was the best conference we've ever attended. Even um, in the last conference, uh, after half, half a day, uh, one guy walked up to me and said, in the last three hours, I learned more about how to improve my sales organization than I've learned in the past year. Yeah, we were there. It's, it's, it was an honor and a privilege to go. And I encourage everybody to sign up and reserve their slots for next year because it is fantastic. Gerhard, it's been so great having you on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's always fantastic to hear it from you a, and to talk to you, you know, whether it be on a podcast or you know, over a steak dinner or you know, just having, co having coffee somewhere or whatever. You're a you know, uh, valued friend, and uh, we appreciate your time today. Thank you. I appreciate your wonderful questions. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.